0: People I uh, slept with were in Los Angeles. I really, really, really rarely slept with anyone on the road. Mostly because it's like, I like to have a good time and you're, you're not gonna, if you sleep with someone that's, that's your night, yep. you have to hang with them all the time. <laughs> that's just, that's the rule.
1: You know what it's I mean? It's the hours of commitment and around I, it you're not into. <laughs>
0: no, Exactly. That's the thing when someone's like, I'm just going to hook up. I'm like, so you're going to talk with this person <laughs> until you have sex. Then after, then you go to sleep and you wake up and you got to wake up next to the stranger and then talk more and then go to breakfast. You, That's your choice.
2: That's your choice.
0: Rather... Rather than taking your business to the bathroom and, <laughs> in parlance and handling yourself yourself, you're going to blow a whole night oh, on this stranger. This you know,
1: I love that. That's what's chapping your ass is the like commitment around the one night hookup. Oh, no, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just it's oh, like Dad. it's like you know you don't I, I I've I've never I'm not that psycho that's just like well, you know, we can go around the corner, you can blow me, but then I have an evening. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no, yeah. I, I can't fathom being that person that's just going to be able to compartmentalize. Yeah, and like, it's, no, 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 no. I, I just rather not. Start, not
1: mess with it. Cool. I get it.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I had some undeniable attraction to someone or or whatnot, sure. Yeah, and I, I was, I'm just sitting here, I was, I was so choosy when I was on the road and stuff. It just, it didn't seem to, make sense like it did in the city I lived in for sure. some reason sure. you know where yeah. I'm not doing shows I'm just you know out and I did spend a lot of my life just getting drunk and you know hitting on women I'm not gonna lie to you I did uh not proud just being honest but it's funny I was talking about this on Bert's podcast where Bert's like I've always slept with six women like you know, I'm just like okay that's great you know, like he, he always says that about like you know people think he's this big partier, so he hooked up all the time, but he's just clueless. And it's just like, yeah, I mean that was me too. But the thing is, you know, men tend to obviously compartmentalize way more than women, and go, oh, it's just sex, it's just a body. It's like that's eh, not true. There's some there's something you are you are uh, sharing with with that person that's just more than your body, and you're not just hooking up to hook up. You're hooking up for a little bit of oh, validation for sure companionship for sure your loneliness is is relieved for a, a period of you know 10 to 24 hours or whatever it's just like there's more to it than just getting your nut for want of another term you know it's like yeah. there's there's more to it it's and that's that's something and I like i the guys are right dudes of course when Bert put that clip up. We're writing like, "You guys are fragile AF," you know. And it's like, it's like, "Oh, am I or am I uh, uh, aware?" Like, it's it's so true.
1: Yeah, and and it and it's inherently misogynistic against yourself as a gender to be like, "You guys are soft." Why? Because you express that you don't like to like hit it and quit it. What a well, uh, Well, it's not even.
3: It can be hit and quit it, but you hit it and
0: quit it. Part of that was not just for sex.
1: Yeah. Most
0: of it was, but there's still something there where there's an exchange. You know, otherwise, you would have just, you know, done it yourself. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's one of those things that you don't really think about until you're, like, older. And I definitely spent too much time going, like, oh, it's just physical, uh, you know. Yeah. Whereas, it was really me wanting it to be. Sure. You know? Sure. For sure.
1: You've evolved. I'm proud of you.
4: Um, A little. Oh. But Ariel is where, oof, let me tell you. Ariel was... right on main street in Santa Monica. So brunch was like a three hour wait. It was you, there were no reservations or no, no, there were reservations. But like, if you, if you just walked in, it was like minimum three hour waits. So many, so many Saturdays. And it was just, I don't think I was getting paid enough because there, people were so angry. And if you, you had to get really good at, guessing how long the wait was going to be so if you said it was only an hour and now it's an hour and a half and their table's still not ready like that's on me and people are yelling at me like just so many angry people but the worst worst experience I had at Ariel was it was a Saturday and there was a party of 20 um that had a reservation at 11. So I was prepared for that and I had the table ready to go. We moved like a big section together for them. And then at 10:30, a party came in and she was like, "Hi, we have a reservation for 20." And I was like, "Oh, great."
1: Oh, Chase, we don't tell table. me.
4: No, mm-hmm. no Chase. I said I said we have it for under Rose and she said cuz there were so many people in her head, she was like, "Yeah, I'm sure it's under a Rose." I seat the table. Chase. Okay, get ready. 11 o'clock, the actual party of 20 comes in. That party did not have a reservation. They assumed wrong. Oh my God. So a party of 20 comes in at 11 and I'm like- Oh no. And by the way, it's packed. It's every single table's filled. Like everyone's eating. This isn't like I can just seat a party of 20. I had to go up to every single table. Like I had to do a puzzle and I was, I they, people were eating and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to move you. No. Over here. No. And I had to do like a jigsaw puzzle to make a table of 20 happen. And it was the most stressful day of my life. I and I did it. People moved. I was very... Like, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to, move. and I like talk to, I'm good at talking to people, I guess. Oh but let me tell you, uh, I was livid at that, uh, that party of 20 that, told me that they were the right party.
1: See, that would have been my, I, I'm petty. That would have been my first move would have been to go to the party of 20 and say, and like find the person I spoke to and say, you're certain you had a reservation? Because it seems like you didn't. And then just see I what they de- would say. I
4: definitely did talk to that party of twenty. But like at that point, too late. they were seating, they had ordered, yeah. there's food coming. Like it was, it was, Um, I couldn't.
1: And what are the odds that on the one day where there is a what reservation, like what that is?
4: What are the odds? I, I can't this even. Hap- I don't know how certain things just happen to me because <laughs> Girl. I think this is why I have so much comedy material because the things in my life are just too too much. <laughs> okay. We have to talk about it in a comedy.
1: I wanna go back though because okay, so so we've had the perspective from a server servers and bartenders as far as how brunch is a nightmare from hell. And so but I've never actually been able to ask a host how it's a nightmare from hell for you as well. So can you was it a bottomless mimosa place? The Ariel. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So we're already off to the races. So what were the things as a host, apart from jockeying people that are lying to you about reservations Mm -hmm. and you having to guess the time, what was it that like, was it generally people were just mad about the wait time or would you also have to deal with the drunk? Like as they're leaving, they're walking out on a check and now you're responsible for pulling them back in. Or did you have any of the trickle down from that?
4: No, but one time a waiter stole someone's phone. Um, oh, a busboy stole someone's phone, and then they had find my phone. So they 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 like came. This was like a couple of days later. They came to the restaurant and they were like, "Hey, it says that my phone is here." Like they were able to track it down, and the busboy like fleed. He booked it. He didn't want to get in trouble. And he was the only busboy at that, that oh day they thought it was going to be a lighter day. So then I started having to bus tables and bring drinks and I'm not, that's not my job. And people were waiting like such a long time for their drinks cause I was forgetting. And they were like, I'm not trained. I wasn't trained in that. So like having to do the busboy's job and host added a lot of complications. Um, he got fired.
1: I would imagine. So how were they able yeah. to do, I mean, besides the find my iPhone and the fact that he was like, I'm out, were they, did they figure out he must've stolen it and then kept it at the restaurant? Cause if it's a couple days yeah. later.
4: So I think what happened was they did the find my iPhone and it took him to the busboy's house. Oh. Okay. And so they went to the house, and I guess the roommate was like, he's at Ariel. And they were like, oh, that's where, that must have been where it happened. And then they came to Ariel and was like, we need to talk to this person.
1: And so were they, he phone. and so did he, he fled, did he flee with the phone or did he leave the phone at Ariel?
4: I'm not actually sure, but he booked it. Like we were like, oh, he's in the back and he was never to be found again. Oh my God, <laughs> I cannot. And so then, and so we didn't realize he fled either. So people were just angry that like, not their waters weren't coming, their drinks were not coming. And then we realized like, oh, we don't have a bus boy." So then I was cleaning the tables. I, was, I mean, I just really hated that job.
1: That war. I mean, were you just like, I mean, you know, yeah, the- all of
5: it, all <laughs> of it. I drank all of it. My ex was partied, too. So it was like I'd leave and I was allowed to grab like stuff oh, from God. the cooler. So oh, I just God. show up with beers and, you know, mm-hmm. a, like a half pint of something. We just sit on our porch. It actually was kind of a that was one of my favorite jobs. I mean, there were a lot of bad experiences there just because it's it, um, right in a pretty like uh is a lot a lot of foot traffic it's where a lot of buses converge from all over the city so it's a lot of people from all over the place come down there there was a lot of drugs but we provided alcohol and cigarettes to everybody so you were kind of known like and it, it was just uh oh i saw some stuff i saw some shit uh
1: care yeah. to care to elaborate do you feel comfortable oh, that? yeah,
5: oh, I mean more houseless people having sex than I care to ever see again. like I walked out the back door one time and and it was like it was an alleyway there was just trash everywhere, and it was like a, a kind of a loading area you had to walk up a little bit of a ramp and there's this space and this couple this this woman is going down on the guy in the trash. And I was like, hey, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> go, go, go. You guys get out of here. And they were like, oh, geez, sorry, sorry. So I went back inside. And then I came back out five minutes later and now they're having sex. And I was like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, I didn't think I he's like, I didn't think it would be a big deal if we just finished <laughs> Or something like that. I was like, I didn't tell you to finish, I told you to get out of here. And it was full pants around their ankles in trash. Like oh. it was so depraved.
1: Um but he was like, Hey, I thought were, you were mad about the blow job. We
5: we did stop what you yeah, asked me to stop. Stop the blow job. We went straight to full penny. And it was it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest job because um there were like there were things that we sold that were quite clearly for drug users. Like they, they we had these things called it's glass bad. roses, which were they were roses. They were like a small miniature rose where you that put had your crack blown out of glass. Yeah, because the whole cylinder of it was hollow.
1: You, it's so, for crack. What else is that for? That was
5: why you would never you would have thought the city was in love with just giving each other it was a city of love (laughs) if you didn't know that every person like dozens of times hey do you guys sell glass roses and it'd be like yeah Yeah. and they were exactly that these this some some company manufactured these tiny glass roses but they were hollow all the way through they were glass they were a perfect crack pipe i mean and (laughs) we sold them for like a buck and a quarter and we must all, I and they were and, and the amount of single cigarettes, which you weren't allowed, you weren't supposed to do. You sold Lucy's. No <laughs> yeah, we sold Lucy's for a long time, and that was like a big thing too. To for a quarter for a cigarette, and you know, I mean, they were making four or five dollars when a pack at that time was eighty-nine cents or a buck. There was like as like a full like three hundred percent markup on that pack. So. It was like a, I don't know, it was just a crazy job. But I loved it because, like, some mornings I could sit on, like, we had the, the, the like, the newspaper, like, boxes or whatever, like, in a line. And you could just sit on those in, on a break. And I don't know if you've lived in the middle of an area like that ever. But when it's in a good mood... The, it has mood. It's the electric. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, what's going on? What's yeah. up? People stop and talk to you. They move along. You're part of like this bustling, problematic, complicated <laughs> community. And it's, I don't know. There was a part of it that I truly like loved.
6: Easy Lee's favorite job. Oh, we forgot to mention this. Right, like, I hated this job so much. When you asked me to list jobs, I, I took it out of my brain. Wow but I was a checkout guy in a supermarket and I hated that job more than life itself because you weren't allowed to talk to the customers what only got, yeah they said like like don't talk to the customers This was a big company as well, one of like the major major UK chains and but I, I couldn't amuse myself it was just you know beep,
1: beep I don't beep. understand the mentality of not speaking to, to customers
6: no, but you, you weren't supposed because you, you'd slow things down. And so I would try to get the beeps to like, do come as you are? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, like like the tempo, you couldn't change the pitch. Sure. And I, and I talked to people and stuff and, oh, I hated that job. I just I just never went back. I do not even think like, I just never went back. They, they're still waiting for me. <laughs> I
1: for bet they are. How many, sh- wait, how long did you actually work there?
6: Oh, I, I might have done three shifts in total. I hated, ev- I would have had been stacking the shelves.
1: Right, because then at least it, someone could potentially ask you a question and acknowledge that you're a human. Like, you could
6: start the shit stone though, couldn't you?
1: Like, yeah, I bet.
6: <laughs> you could have you got, got through it a day easier. But, oh my God, yeah, like anyone who works, I am so nice to anyone on a checkout. I bet you are. I'm the nicest person because that job, you only do that job if you can't do anything else. Oh. That job has to fit in with the rest of your life. That is a job you are only doing for the paycheck, and the paycheck is appalling. Oh, yeah. I feel sorry for anybody who needs to do that job.
1: What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock?
7: Put out a cigarette in someone else's mouth.
1: Oh, I have to know (laughs) the context, please. Yeah.
7: (laughs) This was in teaching, obviously. So uh, it It was in the statistics week. I... Uh, After my circus, uh, the circus-themed nightclub where I worked in Shanghai closed. I was still in Shanghai for another year or so. And so a lot of my fellow performers and I did freelance stuff. And so what that often looked like would be, you know, as I was saying, is sort of a big birthday party or a company dinner. Uh, One thing that's fun is that in China, at least then, this was 2015, 2016, companies could show that they were very fancy by hiring foreigners to dance for them. So there was a specific ask for performers who were white, basically. Uh, and non-Chinese, but but mostly white. There's some serious racism uh, going like on it. there as well. But, so, <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> okay. But then we would also get hired by these very rich, very bored people who had these penthouse apartments, and they would host these, like, not quite eyes wide shut style, but wannabe. Like, no one was, like, having sex or doing it, but people were, like, probably going to after we left. And so we would get hired. A lot of my friends were burlesque performers. And so I picked up some of that. I'm very bad at it, but I could do it. And we put on point shoes and we'd we'd cover our mouths with like a a cloth mask and we'd walk around smoking cigarettes. And they taught me how to put a cigarette out on my own tongue, which basically you you pull a lot of spit in your the kind of like bowl of your tongue and you can put it out there. You just move quickly and it only kind of hurts a little bit. And then you And so we were at one of these things, and the main rich dude—he's like, you know, jacked up on all the drugs and all the whatever—comes out, and he was like, "Now put it out on me." And you're just like, this. And there was a point where I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" I mean, I did it. He was fine. It was. It was. You're just like, this can't be. This isn't the plan. <laughs> this ain't it. This, this ain't the... fun, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you're fun. like having a crisis of conscience in the middle of it, like, well, I'm still going yeah, well, to do this because I was hired to do this. Yeah, obviously, you know,
7: the show must go on. Yeah, I mean, you know? it must. The music is playing. We got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, this, this dude is going to pass. And, you know, and you get paid in China in cash. Uh, it's a very cash-based society in general. We get You definitely get paid in cash. And their 100 Kwai notes, which are about 20 bucks, are these bright pink bills. And so you kind of get this feeling that you're getting Monopoly money yeah. at the end, but yeah. they're really big. And so you just do all this crazy fucked up shit and then they're like, and here is some pink joke money for you. I mean, <laughs> it's worth money. It's just the whole thing is so strange.
1: What a dystopian reality. That's very cool. Yeah. You, you need to write a book.
3: the 70s if you look at the back of their second album they're all part they're all partying at this bar the bar they're at is the TGI Fridays but
1: in 1972
3: it was was a cool it was the coolest (laughs) bar in the world I love it and now it just looks funny that they're partying at TGI Fridays so in the 80s the Hard Rock at the Beverly Center was the place and like celebrities would go there because they had gold cards that would take them into a secret elevator and take them up to the private thing across from that where on Beverly it's a Granville now across from Cedars It was Jerry's Deli.
1: Oh, that's a weird placement for that. There's no parking over there.
3: There's no parking. Yeah, we had valet, I believe. Oh, okay. I think. So I worked the graveyard shift there. It was open 24 hours. I went in at 11 p.m. and worked till 7 a.m. And first off, the psychological mindfuck that you're driving to work at 10.30 and you're seeing everybody go out to movies... And... It's brutal. It's brutal. I don't know why, but it's brutal. Yes. Oh, my God. It's brutal. You're just like... I was like, oh, this is the worst. And so I'd get there, and here's the thing about Jerry's Deli, is that you you had to work that shift in order to get up to the dinner shift. I lasted, I think, three or four months.
1: Months? Oh, yeah.
8: That's a... It was a
3: fucking abusive kind of place. So we'd get there, and everything would be fine up until... 2 a.m. That's when all the clubs start emptying. Yes. And everyone came to Jerry's Deli. So Jerry's turned into the club. And so from 2 a.m. until 5, it was madness. And when I say madness, I mean people, every booth, every table is taken up. In between the aisles, Every place there is a human because they're all waiting to get a table. So you would be at a table taking an order, and as soon as you're finished, you would turn around and you couldn't move because uh. you're in this giant shoulder-shoulder crowd. And you could you had to like kind of fight your way through this crowd to make it back to the kitchen.
1: And are people stopping you along the way, like, hey, I want to order from you or whatever? Everybody's
3: doing everything uh. wrong. And so the reason it got bad was because. Jerry's is like there was it was open 24 hours so there's no doors. So there's a you know the they hang those giant plastic uh walls down mm-hmm. to kind of make it feel feel like mm-hmm. it's ends up. So that's the first layer. And then there's that's the exterior part of the restaurant. And then there's a patio, but that's also enclosed with another piece of plastic vinyl thing window thing. So it's really And each and every so many feet, there's a slit (sighs) that lets you out. So, and this thing is a an L that goes around the whole thing. So the restaurant's huge, and there are exits everywhere.
1: People are walking out on every bill
3: every night.
1: Were you responsible for covering the bill? No, that was
3: a lot of the fighting. Was was like, I'm not, you know, fucking covering this because they can leave. Yes. Everywhere. This the, is my point. Yes. The managers sort of got that. And I don't think I ever paid Good. for a walkout because Good. it was like, it was part of doing business at Jerry's. And it was also like, we'd have fights because you have, dr- they would arrive drunk because they're coming from the club already. And we'd have, on weekends, we'd have undercover cops sitting at the bar because we'd had somebody stabbed and <sighs> somebody pulled a gun at one point. When you were there? No, not when I was there. It was,
1: Prior to yeah. prior
3: to me working there, okay. so that's why they were there. And then the amount of walk off walk walkouts were insane. And I would see. Um, I remember one walkout, and people were like, well, "The thing that bugs me the most is is that that the the people that don't have the money, but they want you to think they have the money. Those are the people that walk out. Sure are. And so you are literally ch- I'd see service chasing people out of the restaurant and they are literally jumping into a Mercedes speedway to get away from a $50 check.
1: Fucking unbelievable. And that affects your bag. That affects your tips. Yeah. You're not getting tipped on a walkout.
3: No, you're not. And Ugh. then I would have, um, I, I remember one of my most, the worst walkout I saw was a birthday party had to be almost 20 people. I'm waiting on this giant table the whole time. And then this is like pre Venmo everything. This is. And so one guy's like, it's like, everyone just pay me and I'll put it on my credit card. So everyone, I was like, I was like I'll give you the check. And he's like, I'm gonna, he took everyone's money and he just hung out the whole time. Everyone eventually started peeling away and leaving. And then he waited until like, you know, I was off doing something else and he just took off with everyone's money.
1: What and a pile of shit person. Total
3: pile of shit person.
1: Wow. And I
3: remember be- telling that, I was like, I am not paying for that.
1: Hell no. <laughs>
3: and it came down to the reason that, I got I quit was because so everyone arrives drunk everyone wants their table and everyone wants to be there because there are also celebrities everywhere sitting everywhere and so no one's going to leave because um, TLC is over here and George Clooney and Holy Noel shit. Wiley are over here and, and the paparazzi are like there Everyone. but they're all taking breaks it's like,
6: <laughs> and uh, they're
3: the best tippers of anybody paparazzi right, guys will, get will fucking tip you like mad yeah,
2: they get
6: it.
3: and um, that's also where I learned uh, I saw like Call Girls for the first time oh, I'd, really? never see, I'd never seen that in LA and I was like I, I just remember this this gorgeous girl, like, like just in the booth, just climbing on top of this guy that looks like Harvey Weinstein. I was like, "What is going on there?" And I was like, "I have no idea." And then the next night, she was back with a completely different guy doing this. I was like, "Oh, okay. It I just clicked. It. it just clicked."
1: <laughs> Pepper from Texas just got <laughs> yeah, it. it. Just Everybody, got calm it. down. All right, all right. I
3: had never heard of Heidi flies, but then I knew, <laughs> I knew who Heidi flies was. So every every table is packed, and there's a wait list. Um, up the host's stand, but also no one's making a line, they don't make them wait outside. They can just wander into the restaurant. And like I said, you're eating and there's just people right up against your table just stand there chatting. Ugh. It's it's, just anxiety. Claus- it's claustrophobic. And it's literally I mean, you're in it's like being in a concert. You're just yeah. moving in this shoulder to shoulder crowd.
1: And you're trying to do your job. Yeah. Like ugh.
3: so as soon as people would get up and leave their table. These people Fruit. would sit down.
1: And you're like, no, and there's I'd a wait be, list. I'd
3: be like, no, 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 no. I was like, you have to go up and wait. They're like, no, no, just let it sit here. Let's let it. I was like, no. And I'd go tell the host, I was like, get these people out of my section. And so the host, the dick that he was, uh, would go up there and take bribes. And so he'd be like, he'd walk up and I would hear him. Like, "Like I'm standing right here. He'd be like, he's like, you guys get to get up. He's like, no, just let it sit. He's like, all right, 10 bucks right now. And he's like, and they'd give him 10 bucks. And he's like, then I would wait on him and I would get No, no tip. tip. Yeah. Then the dickhead that he was After the chef would come up He's like Look at all my money Where, Where's my tip out for the host And I'd be like Are you, you fucking are, kidding
1: me Are you joking He'd try to fleece you for money Yeah
3: he wanted me to tip the host stand Like we no. did and I was like "I was like, You just took bribes from my table And I didn't get a tip And he was like Who fucking cares because you're supposed to tip the host And we almost got a fight in the kitchen And he's like Oh let's go outside I'll fight you right now outside. I was okay. like Are you fucking kidding me I was wow. like, I'm not tipping. I was like, I did not give him any money. But after that, I was just like, this is too much yeah. fucking shit. It's like, I'm going to get in a fight. People are walking out. The host wants to fight me. And I was like, I was Pepper. like, it was Pepper. like the manager was like just there. He was the manager looked and sounded exactly like Joe Pesci. <laughs> and he was just there to pick up girls.
1: Honorary and, title of manager. He was doing none of the job. He was none just of the job. Getting his, and, his, and he was just
3: like, yeah, yeah. Sound, he sounded exactly like Joe Pesci. It was ugh. hilarious.
1: I want to micro fixate on a couple of these dry cleaner. Were you around the smells and the chemicals and the whatever?
9: Yeah, no, I was in the front. I was in the front checking people in. So people would bring in their dirty, stanky clothes and just everything. And we had to dig through their pockets to make sure there was nothing that was going to like mess up the machines. Sure. And we had to like mark the stains, which is disgusting. And now I, I literally, to the point now where if I have a stain on something that I need to take to the dry cleaners, I just throw it away. I don't want to go in there and be like, oh, this is where I bled uh, 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 right here. This is blood, you know, or like, oh, this is where I spilled chocolate down the front of my shirt at Easter. Um, just get rid of that. Like it's oh, disgusting and horrible and this woman, and when you talk about horror stories, this one, <laughs> I was probably about like 19, I think, maybe when I worked there. So, so I was, gonna was ask. Okay. you know, young. And this woman brings in a garbage bag, which is never a good sign. No, She brings in a garbage bag and um, she's like, hi, I need to get my couch cushions cleaned. And I was like, oh, okay. So she starts pulling it out and she's like, my cat threw up on this one. And I was like, ma'am. <gasps> oh. And she's like, so if you could just mark that. And I was like, Oh God! Oh. She pulled this out, and it smelled so bad. And so I start like marking it with the tape because, like, you have to mark it so they know where to scrub the stains. I just was like, how do you not just try to clean it at home a little bit first? Yeah, you know? like get like, the chunks do out. Get the chunks out something. But yeah, no, she just brought it in. She's like, oh, my cat threw up on it. Can you get the stain out? And I was like, uh, what is my
10: life? What is my I life?
9: that college degree <laughs> so I don't have to do this. No. Uh, uh. But that was, yeah, that was not a fun experience, the dry cleaner. So did really you, gross.
1: what made you pick that? Because you you said you were in
9: college. I just needed a job. I was you know i I do not come from money. I was my mom was a single mom. We were um hashtag poverty and we were, <laughs> shout out we to were poverty. <laughs> yeah, shout out to poverty.
1: Was there ever a moment where you were like, I hate this or was it mostly because you seem to have like a pretty friendly relationship with all of your jobs. You don't seem bitter about any of the customer service stuff. So no. like w- I, I liked them I liked them all. I mean,
10: there's days though where you're just like, I hate this so much.
1: What makes you say that? What would be a day like
10: that? Bad at scheduling myself? The worst day was i I worked the New Year's Day after the New Year's Eve story. I told you
1: no. No. I worked the next
10: morning at 6 a.m. I performed for 3,000 people. I got multiple pro breaks. I made, uh, my uncle paid me very well. He paid me very well. And then at 6 a.m., I was back at the airport getting yelled at because someone's eggs weren't cooked right.
1: It, it, it. I've said this before, and I think it can come off. It doesn't with you, but it can come off as this egotistical, like, I was just on stage. How dare you? It's not that. I wish people could understand. It's just you are. It's the highest high you've ever felt in your life. And you are so in the flow. And you're like this, this forever to go from that within less than 24 hours back to you pile of shit. I'm going to talk to you any old kind of way is. It's just such a rapid fall off of a cliff that it's like maybe it wouldn't hurt as much if the theater were smaller or if, you're, or if you bombed, but it's something yeah. about doing really well. <laughs> you're like, I don't think I can hear it about your eggs today, actually, ma'am. I'm not interested. Oh, it's brilliant.
10: Uh, the first guest that came in that day did take a picture with me because they were at the show.
1: No way.
10: Yeah. Yeah. They were like, they're like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, because I, I have bits about working at the airport. They're like, you do work here. And I'm like, I do. And I'm working right now. Oh. And I had to have my boss take a picture. And he was like, holy shit. Who are you? And I was like, I'm nobody. man. Don't worry about I'm it, man. right now for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm your employee. That's all I am. Yeah. Okay. So now I think I know what you're going to say to this, uh, but no, not trying to lead you. Um, what was your least favorite of all of these jobs that you had? I'm
11: trying to think if there's one other than the obvious one. Okay. Um, I sold uh, – also when I was 16, I sold – I was a telemarketer. I tried to sell grave plots over the phone.
1: Dave. Did that. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. So you were, we're try to we're convince
11: – I at Memorial Park in Canton, Georgia, big cemetery, and then I had a script, and I thought it was great because I got to work alone. I would come in at like 6 p.m., and then my boss would leave, and I had a key. And I would just be – by myself in this little, uh, office, um, <laughs> at the, at the cemetery.
1: What's what are we talking another about?
11: word than cemetery, um,
1: uh, m- uh, yeah. I, uh, mortuary. I don't know. What do we yeah, call maybe. Yeah. Okay. But yeah.
11: Just a little freestanding house and office. And then we had like the big, you know, 30 acre cemetery, but I'd come in at six. And as soon as I get there, he'd leave. And I had this script. And then like, you know, just, I don't know where they got the phone numbers, but just, you know, pages and pages of potential customers hi this is dave from cherokee memorial park the inevitable is going to happen to us all but click you know i would i never i worked i did that job six months never sold one not one didn't sell not one and
1: (laughs) wow you know
11: Every day, my boss is like, I'm like, man, I'm trying, I, you know.
1: How did you deal with that much? Reje- this must have set you up to be able to handle comedy because that's that yeah. amount of rejection in a row for six months. Like people get yeah. rejected for, to, to if they're asking someone out for a date and it ruins them. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess because it wasn't necessarily personal, but at a certain point, I would take it personally. I'd be like, why am I not able to do this?
11: Yeah. Yeah, and eventually I would just start altering the script, you know, because I know you're going <laughs> to hang up. You know, hey, it's this day from Cherokee Memorial Park. Are you going to die soon? <laughs> We're all going to die. It's going to happen, click.
12: And then I got paid to do consensual sex work, uh, which was a way better dynamic than just being like pinched um, and made uncomfortable by my manager who was paying me like seven bucks an hour or something. Disgusting. Um, Disgusting. So yeah, just, like just throwing that out there. Yep. Right? Disgusting. Like it's, not, it's not like my service industry jobs didn't have the sex part of it. it I just had way it was not fewer consensual.
1: tools for self-advocacy. Yeah, and also you were not asking, you didn't sign up for it. You signed up to do a job Correct. that yes, wasn't exactly. It was that. not
12: consensual. I was like, I'm here to, to cook chicken
1: uh, or I'm here to seat
12: people. Those were the jobs. Wow. Not uh, provide sexual entertainment for uh, middle-aged underemployed dudes
1: Mm, that are probably not showering regularly uh what was the so were you so i would be so terrified if i'm honest of stepping into that and feeling so vulnerable so what was because you were in high school what was what what made you feel safe yeah so it was really important to
12: me for lots of reasons to not be killed and murdered
1: oh really you're Uh, the only mostly hmm.
12: Weird. Yeah. So yeah. So there's the the obvious stuff, right? Like being alive is better. It's good. But also, I was a middle class kid who was doing sex work to prove a point, right? I had no survival needs that I had to meet. So if I ended up dead, then I'd be wrong. Yeah. Which felt worse to me. Yeah, than The violence. <laughs> yep. <you> know? Like, <laughs> I was like, maybe prostitution is fine. That's the, that's my that's my hypothesis going into this. <laughs> so I, I was really extra about screening, which was also made possible by my privilege, right? Because I didn't have rent, because I didn't have like urgent needs that could only be met with money. It was very easy for me to say, no, I'm sorry, man. Like I need more information before I can meet with you. Or like, eh, I don't know, that email made me feel weird. I'm just not going to respond. Or like I was looking for reasons not to see clients because I, this, was, this was recreational for me, which I think is really important yeah. to, to say that, like that if you, if you wanna increase people's options, then one of the first things that you should do is increase their access to resources. And it makes it easier for folks to step away from clients they don't feel comfortable with or setting boundaries because they have their, their needs met, which was certainly my case. So you know, in order to book an appointment with me, you had to send me um, a, a nice email I needed your real name, I, I needed to know where you worked, and I needed the name and contact information for two other providers that you had seen and presumably not killed or upset uh, in some way. Presumably. So then what I would do, presumably, right? So then I would you know, take that information, the first thing that I would do is reach out to both of the providers, I did not need to hear back from both of them. I only needed to hear back from one of them, but I did need to. After I got some kind of feedback, like, yes, I did see this person or, you know, I don't remember that person or uh, yeah, they're they're great. Uh, they have a foot thing or like, you know, whatever information is exchanged. Then I would call to confirm their identity with their employer. So I didn't really need any information about them. I just needed to know that they were where they said they worked, right? So this looks like looking up where they say that they work, calling them, and then just asking for them by name. And so if the person on the other end of the line says, yeah, no problem, I'll connect to you immediately, then you hang up. If they say, so-and-so doesn't work here, that's the end of the interaction. We're never, I'm never gonna meet that person in person. Once the appointment happens, if it's uh, an in-call, it means that they're coming to me. If it's an out-call, it means that I'm going to them. In either case, Before I cross the threshold or they cross the threshold, I need to see their ID. So this will look like me standing in the hotel hallway or it will look like them standing in the hotel hallway while they hand me their ID. And I confirm that the name that they gave me matches, that I did all of the background check work on, matches the name that I did all of this work on. And so that's once somebody does all of that, it's a Pretty safe bet that the, you know, spectrum of bad things that can happen is, is less. pretty mitigated at yeah. that point. Yeah.
2: yeah. At the news, the one time I did get in real trouble was um we would do these things where you know how they go, and sports with Paul Morrissey, and they would have you like kind of like spinning around.
1: I think your man you know, did the, did a spoof with this. I love thing. it. Yes.
2: So the owner of the station had paid like a lot of money for these like animations of us, you know, doing that. And so when my it was basically it would just be like spinning around, you know. And so when the camera cut to me, I was the weekend anchor so we could get away with murder on the weekends because nobody was there. You know, those people were off for the weekend stuff. So they would cut to me from like the me spinning around thing from. Paul, Paul Morrissey and then and then when the camera came out to me I w- I had a chair that spun so I would just still be spinning when they came to me yes. a <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
2: uh and that Monday morning the owner just called me in and he, I knew he didn't like me but he this was like the first time where he was just like he's like we paid a lot of money to try to look like a First class organization. You just make fun of it. it. Makes us look like assholes. And I had a news director that really protected me from that guy, because he he was like, no, no, he's good. He's really funny. But he just knew I was kind of a little bit of a loose cannon. And you know, <laughs> like uh, like he he the owner. Here's another thing he would have me. There was like a racquetball championship, but it was just like all these old rich guys playing racquetball, and he would want me to cover like to do that for a sports segment for just for his buddies you know and i was just like fuck that you know and even my sports director was like just do it because it's you know the owner and so i went down there and i made a point like they're all drinking beer in between like they're out of shape so i would literally like take you know shots of them like drinking beer or a guy smoking and then (laughs) and then, Uh, and then like You'd never ask me to do
1: it again after that. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) How many customer service jobs have you had total? Would you say like roughly? I
8: think, depending on your definition, nine
1: or 11. Like if my work-study
8: jobs in college, it would be 11.
1: Okay. Uh, Talk to me about what are those? What were these jobs? So, the low, buy low, my grocery store.
8: Buy low! Then we go to college Oh, no. So Bilo, and then summer after high school, telemarketing. Have you had telemarketers on before? Oh, yes, but I want every detail. I want every
1: detail. Yeah. I had a guest on who, uh, uh, Kristen Meisner, who loved it. What? Loved it. Lived for it. Loved She was like, I was a problem solver. I loved her. it. Yeah, she said she would go back to it today and i was like ma'am excuse, for uh, yeah so please tell me
8: everything i did it three different times girl so this one this job was famous in my town because you made so let's say like i make 595 in my thoughts yeah. but this job paid you 9 bucks an hour so that's, that's most big double. money yeah that is big money so okay. because it's so horrible <laughs> And so it was famous in my town. So you'd walk, <laughs> and this is the '90s, so people could smoke in public.
1: Yeah. And you would
8: have to go to work, and you'd walk through like 40 smokers right outside the door, just like because they were just all coming down from a job, like puff, 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 and you got it. It was like it's okay. It's <laughs> You're like, okay. give me one of those. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> and then <laughs> you had to do surveys. So well, so first, this job was so horrible that. It would get people (laughs) so if you didn't want to work and this never was my person I never did this but people's friends would call in bomb threats so that (laughs) she'd be working and it was so bad that then it would be like there's a bomb threat everybody clear the floor and everybody would go downstairs and smoke 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 smoke, (gasps) smoke until the police or whoever comes for bomb threats would clear it but it happened weekly. Like, Rachel. Yes, um, not, not my people. I know, no, of course. <laughs> of course not. But, <laughs> but oh I wasn't God. sad when there was a bomb threat. I was like, <laughs> oh. Like, how would you know if it were legitimate? Because it happened all the time. <laughs> it, was, like, it was like when I lived in a dorm and there were fire drills all the time. Like Gosh. somebody just got drunk and pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it, it just happened. And, they, and this is before... Life was like that. There yeah, weren't sure. bombs, and you know, like yeah. there weren't stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm sure it'd be different 200s. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. We were churn and butter. We weren't worried about bombs. <laughs> What's a bomb? Has that been invented? Okay, but I had to do one survey, so I will call you. Okay, I don't tell you. I don't even know if we would do you it. Let's name. do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. Okay. Hello. So hi, this is Rachel calling from some weird third party you've never heard of. <laughs> oh. And this is my favorite one. <laughs> so this is the gastrointestinal survey. In the last six months, have you had Diarrhea, yes, v- yeah, vomiting, yes. <laughs> I'm very sick. Bow, painful bowel, mo- painful cramping relieved by a bowel movement every day. <laughs> so I had to call. Wait, so people. would I have to consent to that survey? That would I start? S- I just, yeah, that I a girl.
1: I don't want it, it up. We just go right in <laughs> I'm raw, and I'm asking no you loom. about your poop. <laughs>
8: And it was my most successful survey. <laughs> Fuck off. Right. Well, people love talking about that because they don't get to, I guess. When, when it was like belching was a question, and oh, a fun. guy went, does that answer your question? <laughs> I was like, no, sir. I need a yes, <laughs> no, <laughs> or unsure.
1: <laughs> You're on a recorded line. Okay. Wait, so you. So w- was it a generalized, like...
8: They just had different clients. So you were on, I was on the gastrointestinal. You'd go in and you'd find out what (laughs) you you were on. Did you pick the poop one? Uh, No. Oh, it was just a side But I lucked out. Yeah, you did. It was a good, like, I would be like, was something wrong with my water? Like, I would, if somebody (laughs) called me and started asking me about painful cramping relieved by a bowel movement, I'd be nervous. uh, What's going on? Yeah. Why are you asking me? Who are you? And it's like, this is Rachel calling from ABC that you don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, what is that? So what was it
1: gathering data for? Was it like the American Medical Association? Oh,
8: you still don't know. Don't know. Ooh, yeah, I was just secret. a cog in the wheel, the Ooh, corporate wheel. Okay. <laughs> so you, okay, so poop was one. Did you have other? Sure. Uh, okay. But, but who knows? I don't remember.
1: But it was cold calling, asking people these questions. It was not to like sell timeshares and shit like that. No, no. Okay. But you said you did telemarketing a couple times? Three times. Three times. So what, when you say three times, that, that means not three years in succession. That means you returned to the job yeah, three times. Just
8: like your buddy that you said. Yeah. yeah. It's a good mm. skill. It's a. Is it?
1: Yeah, Did tip. it make you crazy, though? Like, you're just on the phone all day. It's
8: endless. Yeah. So, like, hang up. So, here's my tip to people. If you get a telemarketer, don't be a jerk. Yeah, be kind. Listen to my spiel yeah. and say, no, thank you. Yeah. And then I say, okay, not interested. But if you're like, then I just go, call back in five minutes. Like, click, click. I'm doing it with my fingers. You just go, <laughs> like, control four. <laughs> so, you could put them back in the rotation. Sure. <laughs> call back right away. Didn't answer. <laughs>